The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour. Knead it and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said, There, in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Sarah and Abraham were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed at herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why does Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, oh yes, you did laugh. The second reading, Genesis 21, verses 1 through 7, and found in the Bible on The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken. Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son, whom Sarah bore him, and Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me, Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, Who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Would you pray with me? Loving God, we give you thanks that you have gathered us as your people in this space, that you have called us together to hear your word read and proclaimed, to sing praises to your name, and that your spirit is moving among us. We ask that we might be, to be made especially aware of your presence that we might hear your voice speaking to us, that our hearts might be opened, that we might learn to love you and love others more. We ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you just couldn't contain yourself for wanting it? You had longed for years for it. You just thought if you had it, everything would be better. And if you had it, you, it was a sign that God was indeed blessing you. Have you ever wanted something so bad that in the waiting for it, you became disheartened? You had to wait so long. And in that waiting, you thought it would never come about. Have you ever waited so long 
that you weren't sure if you were meant to have it, or you thought that maybe you were cursed because you didn't have it. This is the waiting of Sarah in today's Bible story. This is what Sarah had been waiting for. She and Abraham had been told 25 years prior that they would be the mother and father of nations. That, that through them, their offspring would be great, the nations would be blessed, and God had promised this to them. And from that initial promise to Abraham that I'm sure he told Sarah about, since she would be involved in the process, they waited. And they waited. And another time, God came and God spoke to Abraham and said, you will be a blessing. That through your offspring, many nations would be born and through them, the world would be blessed. And then so it renewed this vigor within them. It renewed this excitement within them, even though a few years had passed and it still not, didn't happen. And then they waited. Now, they got a little bit impatient, which caused some issues. That's the story of Hagar and Ishmael as they waited for the birth of Isaac. And we read over those passages. If you go to our website, you'll see a reading plan, and it included some of these stories that we skipped over. So I hope you'll check that through the week. But here we are 25 years after the initial promise. After they heard God's voice saying, you will be blessed and you will have offspring and through them, the world would be blessed. And this is where the strangers appear to Abraham. He's already taken up a place in the in-between space. He's both in the tent and outside. He's under the cover. He sees out in the distance of what could be. And he sees God, or he sees these strangers that the narrative tells us is God. And he sees them coming, and he rushes up to be hospitable. Now, he's almost 100 years by this, old by this point. Now, he is bending over. He is uh, welcoming the stranger. He is running to and fro to, gra- to, to get Sarah to, to grab some flour and make some bread, and he runs to, to his calves and, and, and tells his servant to prepare the best calf, and he's running back to the, to the, the strangers to greet them. And first you wonder that the, if the first miracle is this 100-year-old man being able to do all of those things. But so intent was he to show hospitality to the strangers, show welcome to these strangers that had wandered the desert who were exhausted from their journey, and he prepares a place for them. And in doing that, he sets up a scene that will unfold and truly unleash the blessings of God and the promises of God for him and Sarah. That first moment, that, that this moment of fulfillment begins with him expectantly waiting at the entranceway of the tent, keeping an eye out, and then welcoming the stranger in his midst. And he had no idea it was God. And as God appears... And they speak, and Abraham welcomes him with this uh, extravagance, the the choicest calf, three giant measures of flour to make loaves of bread. In the midst of that hospitality, the stranger asks for Sarah, where is she? And Abraham says, well, she's, she's in the tent. She's right over here. 
And then you imagine the stranger speaking loud enough, knowing that she was just on the other side of the fabric, just on the other side of the tent, saying, within a year, the thing that you have been waiting for over 25 years for, I mean, they only had 25 years between the initial promise and the birth of Isaac. You can bet that she had been waiting for a child much longer than that. And in hearing through the fabric that at last the thing she had been waiting for for so long, the thing that in this culture would define her, unfortunately in many ways as a woman, and unfortunately some ways today as well, but she had been waiting for so long, we get the sense that she had given up hope from what she said when she heard the good news, that within a year she would bear a child. How is it that I will bear a child in my old age? How is it that having since long given up pleasure, is what she says, that she would bear a child? And she laughs. She laughs at this message because she had given up hope that it was possible. She had given up a a, a sense that this thing that God had promised so long ago and even had reiterated once before was even possible. And she laughs. The stranger says, why do you laugh? What is impossible with God? Why laugh? And in fear, to such a question, in fear, perhaps she wasn't expecting to be heard. I like that part of the story, that she's still in the tent. She overheard what this stranger had said. She had heard that within a year, at the age of 100, or roughly around there, at, the, at Abraham's age of 100, she would bear a child. And perhaps thinking that she could not be heard, she laughs and says out loud what she did. And she was caught off guard that somebody would hear her. That this stranger that they had welcomed, the stranger that had given such an amazing, uh, told an amazing story that, that somehow within the next year she would have a child. And she finds out she was heard. She was finds out that her doubts had been on full display to everyone, including that stranger. But notice she doesn't get into trouble for the doubts. She is given a hopeful message in the face of that doubt that says all things are possible through God. That your age is not a barrier to what God can do. Your ability is not a barrier to what God can do. Your gender is not a barrier to what God can do. There is absolutely nothing that is of a barrier between what God wants to accomplish and what he can do. And so, yes, she defends herself for laughing, saying, I didn't laugh. She was thrown off by having been heard. And God, and, and, and yes, it's said, She's corrected in that. She said, no need to lie. No need to cover it up. We heard you. And it's okay. The thing that you have been waiting for, the thing that you thought impossible is now possible. And not only is possible, but it's going to happen soon. And we jump forward into the second reading. Two chapters to the 21st, or three chapters to the 21st chapter where all the things that this stranger had said would come a pass, comes to pass. 
and Isaac who was born, the one through whom the lineage of the Jewish people would trace themselves, is born. And through him, many nations are blessed. Through his lineage, we have Christ. And through Christ, we have been grafted onto the family of God. Truly all nations can be blessed through this gift of this child. And what laughter had started out as, as a scoffing at what God can do, a scoffing at this idea that this thing she had been waiting for was even possible, a scoffing that in her old age she would be able to have a child, is transformed into a name. For Isaac means he laughs. The laughter that was first out of derision or dismay or disbelief or doubt is transformed into a laughter of blessing. That once what God had promised would happen finally came to pass, the doubt that was accused becomes, or sorry, the laughter that was once accused becomes a laughter of joy and celebration at what God has done. It is a sign that God is at work in our world. It's a sign that even though we have to wait, even though we're tired of waiting, even if we've waited so long that we can't imagine what we thought we were waiting for would come to pass, God hasn't abandoned us. God haven't, hasn't left us behind. Now I feel like I need to give a couple of caveats. Because it's easy to read the story, it's easy to, to think that what we're waiting for is necessarily what God has promised us. Not everything we wait for, not everything we don't have and we long for is something that God wants to give us or would be good for us. In this particular case, it was a promise given by God to Abraham and Sarah that they would bear offspring and that, and that they would be the, 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 the starting point of a multitude of people. That was a direct promise that God had gave them. So what we ultimately need to be careful about is not claiming what we want and what we desire as God's promise and then getting upset when we don't get it. So we have to be careful. We have to temper ourselves. We have to check ourselves against others. We have to hold each other uh, up and check, hey, I think this is something God might be promising me. This is why I think it's the case. This is the backing that I turn to. Am I true in this otherwise we will lead to disappointment thinking that every promise in scripture applies to uh, us as individuals but I don't want to forget how this story unfolds between welcoming the stranger being ready at the in-between between what is unknown and the outside and the inside that is known, the tent, is where Abraham waited. Looking out at the horizon to see, and seeing somebody out there. Seeing somebody heading in his direction. Seeing somebody that was wandering in the wilderness and that might need help, aid and hospitality, food and water, and a warm place to sit down. And in that waiting, he sees the stranger come. The New Testament tells us that even by giving a cup of water to a stranger, we may be giving uh, a cup of water to Christ himself. When we greet the, the wanderer, when we welcome them into our midst, we are welp welcoming Christ himself. 
Now, I don't read Christ into the story of the three visitors and Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Some people do. I'm not one that does that. I want to take the story at its face value as a foundational story of our faith. But it's still even true that as we read back and we look at it in terms of what Christ told us and how we treat one another and how we welcome each other makes a difference because we are treating and welcoming him. And as we welcome Christ, as we welcome God into our midst, if we know it, it's him or not, we unfold the potential for blessing. We unfold the potential for transformation. We unfold the potential for good things to happen, for transformation to work. The second point I want to remember is that doubt is not a bad thing in the story. She had doubts. She had lived so long. She and Abraham had lived so long that they thought what they were waiting for, that what God had promised was impossible. As we talk about uh, yesterday's retreat and the things that we're talking about and how we want to be a part of God's blessing in our community and how to live things out, and sometimes we've been waiting for a while for things to unfold. We're waiting for God to unleash that blessing through us. We're waiting for God to be a part of what we're doing so that we can be a part of what God is doing. And we're like, how long, oh God, must we wait? How long must we wait and are we ever, is it ever going to happen? And those doubts and those questions are okay. God handles Sarah laughing at him. God handles the idea that Sarah would challenge the blessing he just said would happen. He handles it with grace and love. He calls her out on it for sure, but not out of anger, not out of spite. He doesn't remove the promise and say, well, I was going to give it to you until you doubted, but not anymore. Our God doesn't work that way is faithful and true and handles all of our emotions, whether they're anger or doubt, laughter or joy, takes them all and he meets us within them and welcomes us and does not withhold his promises from us. So in welcoming the stranger and expressing doubt and challenge, we find the soil prepared for the giving of blessing. A blessing that not was only not only just for them, but would extend long beyond them to the rest of the world. So what are you waiting for? What do you think God can do and can't do? What are you thinking in this particular moment? We asked yesterday, what is possible? What should happen? What could happen? What are things that absolutely must never happen? What are we saying right now? Is it possible? Is what God said would come to pass possible that through him and I prayerfully through us, the people of Berwyn in our community, we bless those who are struggling, those who are hungry, those who are lonely, those who are struggling with addiction, those who are, who are broken, who have broken relationships and need of healing and life spoken into them. Those who feel lost and alone, unforgivable or unwelcome. We pray that God would take us to them, to be his hands and feet, 
not out of anger, not out of spite, not seeking uh, retribution, and not turning away from those who doubt, those who are angry, and those would, who would curse us. But instead, treating them as this stranger uh, treated Sarah. To say, with all things, God is possible. With God, all things are possible. With God, your life can turn around. With God, you can find meaning and hope. With God, you can find a depth that will hold you in the shaking waves. And to be open to it and open to the transformation that only he can bring. This is our prayer for ourselves, that we would experience such transformation, and then through us we would be the messenger who carries the good news and shows that transformation is possible. Sometimes we will be greeted with hospitality and other times not. Sometimes we will be greeted with laughter and derision. It doesn't matter. We share the good news either way and pray for transformation. I hope that you will leave this place carrying that good news with you, that you are not only receiving of God's blessing, but you are through people through which God's blessing will be shared to others. You are through uh, people through which God will share a message of hope and of transformation, of possibility in the face of impossibility. So at the end of our service, when you leave here and you go out and you grab your cup of coffee or your tea and you're greeting one another around those tables or in the parlor, talk about what things you think are impossible, that are long gone, that God could not possibly do anymore. And what would it mean for to say, through God, all things are possible? Talk about the things that you think you're waiting for Perhaps that were, you thought were promises of God, but maybe aren't. We have to wrestle with that truth as well. Or talk about how you're going to spend this week just in some way being the stranger going about to share good news of promise and transformation and how you'll respond if people laugh, how you'll respond if people don't prepare the welcoming mat for you, and how you will be as God was in this story for someone else. So there are my challenges for you this week. Those are my challenges for you in this conversation or other conversations that you have. And I pray that through those conversations and through this time today and the rest of our worship, you will find a God that challenges the impossible and brings fruit and brings blessing. Amen.